0: Welcome back to Let Freedom Reign podcast, the official equine industry podcast of Day Six Ranch. I'm your host, Jason Swick. And on this show, we discuss leadership, self-mastery, and discipleship from topics and perspectives exclusive to the equine industry. If you are looking to build a legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com and explore our free content, other podcasts, and sign up for our monthly newsletter. We thank you for joining us on this adventure. Welcome, everybody, to another week here at Let Freedom Reign podcast. This week, we visit White Horse Remuda, our faith based series, co hosted by Jeremy Zane. In this episode, we address a question How would you measure sanctification? Now, sanctification is defined by something reserved for holy use. However, this process is unique to each believer, and this episode is meant to encourage reflection and gratitude when thinking about your journey and walk with God. In this episode, we cover the scriptures John 15, 1 Corinthians 1 and 1 Thessalonians 4. As always, the specific scriptures will be cited in the show notes of this episode. Now we are just a few weeks away from the Fort Worth Mustang Show, which we have been blessed to host the VIP experience ahead of the top 10 finals on September 9th at Will Rogers Coliseum in Fort Worth, Texas. We encourage you guys to visit day6ranch.com to get your tickets today and come join us along with Dan James from Double Dan Horsemanship as we tour Will Rogers Coliseum have access to industry professionals, and learn more about the Mustang adoption process. Additionally, VIP package tickets include VIP seating for the top 10 finals event starting at 6 p.m. We hope to see you all there. As always, if you are looking to stay connected with all things Day6 Ranch, you can visit day6ranch.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter there at the bottom of the homepage. Through that newsletter, you will learn about new happenings around our place, have first access to leadership and human optimization learning opportunities, and grow with a community of like-minded horsemen and women from around the world. Again, you can visit day6ranch.com today to sign up and join our newsletter. We hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here's our conversation with J.R. Vazane regarding the process of sanctification. All right, here we go with another episode of White Horse Remuda. Jr., thanks again for jumping on the line. And uh, we're going to power through kind of the process of sanctification In dealing with a lot of what the world has to throw at us and um jr i know practical christianity kind of burns in your heart but will you kind of explain what that vision and mission is obviously you and i have had several conversations but let's roll the listeners in so they have a greater context as to why this burns in your heart
1: uh yeah okay so uh well i guess just what is sanctification um The definition of sanctification is the action of making or declaring something holy, Um, the action or process of being freed from sin or purified, the action of causing something to be or seem morally right or acceptable. So we've said it before on the podcast. um, I'm a firm believer That the Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he did what he did, that he came, lived, died and rose again for my sin. He took the sin of the world on and by the shedding of his blood, he was the final sacrifice, the atonement that freed me from from death and allowed me to. Live a life in heaven after I physically die. I believe that once you truly confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you are saved, that you will be saved. You ask for forgiveness and you repent from your sin. That you that that is good enough. That is. It's not a transactional prayer. It's not a, I have to be good enough. I have to bring this sacrifice to the altar to receive that. It's not any of those things. It's literally my heart. Jesus wants my heart. And, but I'm also a firm believer that once you truly do that, once you truly make Jesus the Lord of your life, once you truly accept what he's done for you, once you truly believe that it does offer me salvation then you do become sanctified and it is a process and the burning desire for practical christianity uh to me is i don't know the modern christian world says that once you've said that prayer that all of a sudden snap of a finger you have to be perfect or you are perfect or you have to do good things. And partly that message I believe is true. Um, But on the other part, it's, it becomes a relationship with Christ. It becomes being refined and being purified and it is a, a process. And, God is a good good father. Jesus is the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except through him. So he just wants me right where I'm at. He wants my struggles, he wants my trials, he wants his omnipotent and his omnipresence. He's everywhere. He's the alpha the omega, he's the beginning the end, he's the perfecter, the author and perfecter of my faith. And so He wants me right where I'm at. He wants my frustrated emotions. He wants my anxiety. He wants my stress. He wants my fear. He wants my failures. He wants everything. He wants my whole being. And as I lean into that, as I take the duty of cultivating that relationship, what happens is I don't trade in my stuff for a cleaner me. What happens is a transformation happens. I then want to do the Lord's will. I want to do what is right. I want to do what is morally right. I want to be a better person. I want to do the right things. I want to flee from sin and the enemy. I want to find comb tooth myself and become a better version of myself, not out of the transaction of I have to do it to receive his grace because his grace is the free gift that is offered to all of us, but I then want to accept His grace and use it to become the version of myself that He has destined for me. And practically, how do I do that? I study my word, I spend time in prayer, and I spend time in fellowship having these conversations with other like-minded believers that hold me accountable that I can confess my sins to that. They can pray for me that, that I do life with others. I, I take my, I don't know in the last 10 years, 12 years of this relationship with Jesus. I ain't saying any of it's got my life has got any easier, but what the transformation that's happened in my life is, is I'm okay being not okay. And And I, I have learned how to be vulnerable and as a man and as a cowboy and as a rough and tough warrior mentality, goal oriented person, I have learned how to be vulnerable and God did not design us to go through life alone, pull our bootstraps up and get on with it. He designed us to go through life in a community and he he chose me He chose you He chose us all right where we're at He wants us right where we're at And he wants to have that transformation In all of our lives And what really what's happened to me is, is I've learned how to become vulnerable And there's days I slip There's days I fail There's days I think I can handle it on my own But instead of I'm doing it here And you can't see it But instead of the roller coaster in my life looking like a big whoop and wave line on the heart monitor I've tried to tried to dial it down to where it's more of a consistent line to uh, my relationship with the, with Jesus doesn't look like such long spurts of my life away from him to where I hit rock bottom and need him and and it I'm trying to level it out to forward and backward, or the ups and downs, ups and downs aren't quite so drastic that I try to live a life led by the Holy Spirit. And practically, it's reading my Bible, studying my words, spending time in prayer, and and surrounding myself with other like-minded believers.
0: Heck yeah, absolutely. So, as we go through this process, or as we go through this episode discussing the process of sanctification... Um, we cannot sanctify ourselves. That does not work. It's not a process as far as, you know, sanctification is step one, two, and three. God does the sanctification. When we talk about the process of sanctification, we we talk about the journey. We talk about the evolution. We talk about the change of heart that we have as human beings as we develop our relationship with Christ. But one misnomer that I want to address as we walk through this process is that Many times over, I've had the question posed to me, and JR, I'm sure it's similar in your walk. Well, if God makes everything good, then when I become a Christian, my life will just be easy, or everything in my life will be good, and it's not that in the slightest. So there is going to be challenges, and the world is going to push back, and many of us feel that day in and day out, whether this is day one, and you've never cracked a Bible a day in your life other than what you hear on this episode or you've walked this journey with God for the 80 years that you've been on earth. So scripturally, I want to reference John 15:18 in talking about how the world will challenge the disciple. We know that for a fact it's right here in the red letters and we see it day in and day out. And personally I've experienced J.R. I'm sure the same is for you and many of you listening. So John 15, 18 reads, if the world hates you, Keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as it, as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obey my teaching, they will obey yours also. So mm-hmm. here it's spoken that... There's hatred towards God, there's hatred towards the Holy Spirit, there's hatred towards Jesus from a worldly perspective from day one. So we have to expect the fight as believers, we have to expect the fight as we walk our journey, despite what our experience is, despite where our heart is, and Jr's mentioned it many times before, and it's in the Bible, right? God wants to meet you where you're at. In this episode, we want to try to unveil some of those things. How do, we, how do we combat sin? How do we push back on the worldly pressures? How do we continue to grow our relationship with God even though we have moments or seasons in our life where we feel like we're swimming upstream? And I want to jump really quick to uh, 1 Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians, specifically one thirty, it says right here, it is because of Him that you were in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is, our righteousness, holiness, redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So, JR, as we work through this process of sanctification, we talked a lot about sin, and in between recording episodes, we had a conversation about, like, well, why, why don't you pursue sin? And for me personally, I don't pursue sin because I've had those previous chapters of my life where I did, and it's not rewarding, and it's not fulfilling, and it doesn't feel good at all. Now, I say all that to say that I continue to sin to this day. I mean, I have many, many challenges in my life that I face, and I succumb to sin, but I don't actively pursue it. Why? Because that void has since been filled with God's grace and God's mercy, and Mm. I seek repentance, and it will always be a process. Will I ever be perfect and live a sin-free life? I'm going to tell you right now, the betting man is on absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's one that has been perfect. But if sin has a stronghold in your life, if sin is nagging you, if sin is dominating your life, we should still continue to seek that repentance and we should still continue to grow our relationship with God. And through that process, sanctification, you'll start to see the weight of some of those sins and the influence of some of those sins and the clouding of judgment from some of those sins start to fall off. Explain kind of some of your experience, JR, in in God sanctifying you and starting to free you from some of those less than advantageous seasons of life or or sinful seasons of life?
1: So I think, uh, first of all, to be able to battle sin in my life, I have to know, I have to know what sin is and I have to know the enemy, right? So the enemy, John 10, 10 the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus came to give life and give it abundantly. And we shared that in previous episodes that, Jesus came to give me life abundantly while here on earth and salvation for afterlife, right? So that last passage in John that you read, uh, I think is a clear description of Jesus saying, once you accept me as your savior, oftentimes I think people think as Christians, once you become a Christian life is easy. And, that you should just be able to resist those things. And you should just be able to resist sin in your life. And, and people make it out to be such an easy thing. Well, it's not. The enemy's purpose, the the one that I face that s- puts temptations on me, the, that lead me into sin, I have to know my enemy. He's the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. How does he do that? By creating division between me and Christ. That's, what, that's his main purpose purpose in in life. The Satan, the enemy, whatever you want to call him, his main purpose is to divide my attention from Jesus, to divide my attention from from the Lord. How does he do that? By deceiving. He is the father of lies. So, it in the scripture, I think we need to understand the culture and the time and what was happening. So, culture was there had been that God had a chosen people the Israelites right and he you read through all the old testament up through the through the gospels they had it was a works way to receive God's forgiveness you had to offer sacrifices you had to bring offerings to the altar to receive forgiveness and then jesus came into the world and he started boldly saying i am that way there after what's going to happen all you have to do is believe in me and follow me so at that time there was the pharisees and they were the strict followers of the true what they believed was the true religion they were their religion the jewish religion Followed the law and they were strict followers of the law, the commandments, the law of Moses. They followed the law and they thought that that was what made them right in the Lord's sight, in the the Lord's eyes, was by following the law. And really what happened, the gospel message was Jesus is saying, you are you are clean on the outside, but you're filthy on the inside. Your hearts aren't pure. You you might follow the law and honor the sabbath but if you see one of these the least of me and you don't feed him you're no better off than the one that's com- that's not following the law really is what he's saying so what he's saying is the world hates you but remember it hated me first because of what I'm saying I'm saying that the, I didn't come he didn't come to abolish the law but he came to fulfill the law he came to to make the law what the law was intended to do. And the law scriptures tell us the law was intended to point out the sin in our life. It isn't what made us right with God. The law, the law is good. The, the law is what points out the darkness inside of me, the, the, the sin in my life. That's what the law is intended to do. And what, what Jesus was, was grace and mercy that I, I don't have to be a perfect Christian to be able to go to, to, to heaven all I have to do is believe that Jesus did what he did and I will be saved. But the process of sanctification happens when I accept Jesus as my savior, when I accept that he, that he will forgive me when I accept that his grace is sufficient for me and his grace and mercy is what will allow me to spend eternity with, with him. What happens is I receive the Holy spirit and the transformation happens. So, the transformation that takes place is <laughs> we we do the morally right thing. We're different. There's no condemnation for those that believe that belong to Christ. I become an adopted child of Jesus of God. I become I I get to receive the kingdom. I I, I become an heir to the kingdom to all that is good, and. Romans. Okay, I got to go to Rome. It's Rome. I think it's Romans eight. Romans eight one. So, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Once I've said that prayer, I belong to Christ. Um, and because you belong to Him, the power of the life giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So Romans 6:23 tells us uh the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, right? So the scripture in John that you read to me what it means to me is if i put my worth and my identity in what the world says is good, it leaves void and emptiness, right? Yeah. So if The big house, the fancy cars, the gold buckles, the successful business, the popularity contest, the being a prosperous man. If I put my success and identity in what the world says is successful and what the world says I should have my identity in, it leads to emptiness. It is void. When I accept Jesus as my Savior and that Holy Spirit lives inside of me, he starts to sanctify me his free gift is salvation
0: yeah yeah and here i I think back and you look when i
1: belong to christ sorry when i belong to christ i want to be like christ
0: heck yeah and it says here uh, we look at in first thessalonians i'm going to start at four three it talks about it is god's will that you should be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your bodies in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans, who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a life holy. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you the Holy Spirit. Now, about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family through Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more, and to make it your ambitions to lead a quiet life, You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Mm. So when I first read through this, I mean, it's a good launching point to the sanctification process and God's will for our lives in pursuing sanctification. But what really stuck to me was the mind your own business portion of the scripture and work with your hands, okay? Minding your own business, to me, is not being distracted by the outside world and what the world says Jason Swick should be or what success Jason Swick should pursue. Minding my own business is pursuing what God's will is for my life. The working with my hands is doing God's work that he has planned and given and entrusted me with, not doing the work that's going to bring me the fame or the fortune or those worldly successes that you described. So as we work through this sanctification process and growing our relationship with God, and then the clarifying of our minds and our hearts and our spirits, it references back to Galatians 5. And in Galatians 5, they discuss the freedom in Christ. And when we start specifically at 13, It's a simple way to summarize the pursuit of sanctification, the process of sanctification, how it works in our life, and what the finish line looks like. Galatians 5.13 reads, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Freedom again, Jr. Mm -hmm. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So in this, in a world that we live in, that there's so many challenges and there's so many immoralities, and this isn't to go down rabbit holes of politics and mainstream media and different cultures and things of that sort. The world is going to push on us enough. We can get distracted and push back which is a very common natural response, right? Defend your space, defend your heart. Or we can take it to God, let God do the work within us. And we can then take his works and his will and his riches and send that back out into the world as a steward of his kingdom. And that for me is what helps me deal with the pressures of, of the world and what society says I should be or shouldn't be or how I should conduct myself or how I shouldn't conduct myself. There was a lot of time in my life when that stuff mattered. And I was chasing outside approval. But once I learned of the internal approval of God's approval and developing a relationship with Him, now I stand more confidently. And I can't say I completely drowned out the outside noise, but it sure as heck has a lot less influence in my life.
1: Okay, so I'm not trying to sugarcoat a message and make this a lollipop why someone would want to do it. I'm not trying to make it sound appeasing i guess i'm not trying to make it i'm not trying to win anybody over my testimony is i've tested it and i've tried it i've lived both sides of the god godly life i've lived the chasing after and pursuing christ and i've lived after chasing the world and pursuing the world and personally telling you the chasing the world led me to a jail cell because of a marijuana possession and rock bottom in my life full of shame and guilt and inadequacy. And this was at a time when I had made the NFR three times and had $400,000 in the bank account and was making big investments and all those things. So the well, I know there's plenty there's a few different references, but Matthew 10 or Mark 8. I'll just read the one in Mark. Mark 8 it's Mark 836 And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the son of man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his father with the holy angels. So at a time where I was at rock bottom in my life, i had been running away. I grew up spiritually. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up, we grew up going to church. We weren't maybe every Sunday goers, but we dang sure weren't far off either. I grew up going to youth groups and church camps and things of the sort. I was a relatively good kid. I mean, I hid Copenhagen and was hard on curfews. But other than that, (laughs) I was a real guilty, you know, and I grew up with the seed planted in my life that I knew right from wrong. I knew I knew what i should be doing and what i shouldn't be doing from a young age i knew i knew when i was doing things that were wrong and so when i quit listening to those nudges and started chasing the world and riches and fame and chasing chasing the worldly view of what i thought was was good and great It led me to partying and drinking and womanizing and led me to the jail cell. And at that moment, I was at rock bottom and I looked in the mirror and I said, I do not belong here. I'm a good kid. And I was scared to death, man. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. And I didn't know if I was going to become a felon. I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen to me. And really hindsight 2020, I didn't, I didn't know the law, so I didn't know if I was going to get stuck with uh intention to distribute or what and become a felon and i was like man my reputation is shattered and i said i don't belong here look at look at where i am i do not belong here and i looked around and i was in an orange jumpsuit just like those other punks were and i had long hair down to my shoulders and a beard and i looked exactly like they looked man and i had lost my soul. i had lost the way I, I I had lost my soul and there my whole reputation hung on being a good guy and i had lost my way. And so I, I picked up a Bible and I started reading. I can't even remember what I was reading, but what it did was it struck the conversation between me and the Lord. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm listening. I hear you. I know I'm doing wrong and I'm chasing the chasing my flesh and I'm sinning against you and I know your grace and mercy is good enough for me and I I need forgiveness and tears were strolling down my face man it gives me chills even even telling the story but tears were strum strolling down my face and and I made the promise I said I know I can't promise to to be perfect but I promise if you give me one more chance if you get me out of here if you if you give me a chance to continue to speak to me I promise you I will do my best to do right by you and that was that was eight years ago. And I I have I'd already been baptized. I'd already accepted Jesus as my savior. Um I, I'm I I am a Luke chapter 15, 15, man. I am I was a lost sheep. I've experienced Jesus leaving the 99 to come find me as a lost sinner. And the sanctification that started happening then was I I started working on myself and my relationship with the Lord. I started inviting him into my life and I started stepping into his presence and it turned my daily habits into I started reading my Bible again, whether it was for one scripture or 13 chapters, whatever it was. And I started I started doing the romans 12 too i i I didn't want to conform to the way of the world and what the world said my identity was but i wanted to be transformed by the way i thought and i started seeking the lord on what he thought of me and what he wanted me to do and i it didn't keep me from chasing things of the world but i was chasing things of the world to glorify god yeah it changes your
0: intent and your heart's position in that pursuit
1: Right. So since then, there's been a ton of sanctification that's been happening. And it's still it's still a daily thing that happens in my life. But I, I guess from personal experience, I've done that. I've chased the world and had the world in the palm of my hands. Uh, so I thought, and it does not compare to losing my soul. 3 years after that prayer that I had 3 years after that experience I got hurt and the things that I was chasing or had have been taken away from me had been taken away from me rodeo was taken away from me in the snap of a finger man and I was at a good spot spiritually and my identity was in Christ to know that good would come from it and rodeo was not rodeo was what I did it wasn't who I was I am a, I am a child of the most high. I am a, I am a sinner saved by grace. I am a inadequate human being that can do the miraculous. I am a man that can have an attitude that only Christ can make me have. I I've experienced, I've experienced those things and I'm not trying to sugarcoat why you should, but that scripture to me, what, what is a man gain if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul, you gain nothing.
0: And I know we've had this conversation before after your injury, excuse me, prior to your injury, you had all these worldly successes, right? You had fame, you had fortune, you had reach, you had all this stuff, credibility within the industry that was all stripped from you after the injury. But how many more people have come to you, how many more opportunities have been presented to you to bring people to God through His works and in, in you than before? I mean, exponentially, the numbers are drastically higher post-injury than pre-injury. Is that fair to say?
1: Oh, 100%.
0: You know, so here you are, you worldly have everything that you think you need to have power and influence within an industry. It is taken from you yet what does god do in your life to then give you power and credibility within his kingdom i mean you want to talk about discipleship that's a living testimony of it
1: yeah so i guess the question i'm asking myself is why do i live a life and i don't know the short answer other than i've seen the proof and I full heartedly believe that God can do abundantly more that I haven't experienced all that he has to offer me, that there is nothing greater than salvation in heaven, that I would rather spend eternity in heaven than eternity in hell where there's the weeping and gnashing of teeth and, I've seen the evidence in his life. I've been delivered from depression. I've been delivered from stresses and anxiety. I've been provided for at a time where I couldn't provide for myself. I've I've overcame sicknesses. I've witnessed miracles. I've seen the evidence of Christ. And I think really what it is is the favor of the Lord. When I'm living a life of sin, when I'm living a life dominated by my sin desires, which we talked about this prior to too. We we view humanly speaking, we view sin. We view the big sins, and we then we, <laughs> yeah, we then view the them. little sins, yeah. right? And. So we, the, the first initial big sins in my life were the drugs, the partying, the drinking, the getting drunk, the stupid decisions I was making. Those were the big sins. But as I delved into my my relationship with Christ and let him start to transform my heart and mind and started to let his sanctification rule in my life and started chasing after all that he had for me as an. And I and really it wasn't that I started chasing after all that he had for me. I started believing the the truth. And the truth is once I've accepted Jesus as my savior, I am no longer a slave to my earthly flesh i am a child of god i am an heir to the kingdom of christ and my identity then lies within christ instead of in the world my identity is in christ so when when the world says i'm not good enough christ said i am good enough when the world said i didn't have enough christ said i do have enough and i can be content when the world said i should be fearful and not do that not chase that dream christ said come take a leap of faith and watch what only I can do and that's the daily that's the daily relationship that I have with the Lord and so the big sins in my life I started resisting and I started I was forgiven of and I started thinking differently about them and I was delivered from those sins but then then the finer sins in my life are, are then now what I work on Loving my wife like Jesus loved the church. I, you can ask her, I'm sure, and she'll she'll tell you that I have days where I do not love her like Jesus loved the church doing everything without complaining or arguing. I'm sure there's plenty days where I do things without with, or that I do things after I complain about it or argue about it. There's, I I still, I still fall to my flesh and sin, right? I still have react to my anger and have angry outbursts. I still, What happened is the big sins, then I start working on the little sins, because in God's scheme of things, there is no big sin or little sin. Sin is sin. And what happens is I am no longer a slave to that sin. I am no longer a slave to my emotions. I am no longer a slave to my temptations. I am no longer a slave to to the peer pressure of what the world says that I should do or the buddies of mine think I should do. I'm no longer a slave to those to be, to, to be all that the world thinks I should be. I am, I, I get to receive and I get to go to my good father. I get to go to Christ. I get to go ask Jesus how I should think about those things. And sometimes he calls me to hold my mouth and not speak. Sometimes sometimes he calls me to do things that the world sees as weird, like give to a bum or give to the neighbor that everybody else doesn't like. Sometimes he calls me to put my busy schedule to the wayside and be intentional with somebody at the grocery store and just listen to them rant and rave. Sometimes he calls me to listen to somebody complain about their life when, when they have no business calling me complaining about their life because I live a freaking life in a wheelchair, you know? And, but that's what happens. That's what, that's the transformation that happens. And, I have the way out. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. yeah. So those things, the anger that I deal with, the anxiety that I deal with, the stress that I deal with, the depression that I deal with, nothing of the world can deliver me from those things. Yeah, they might bring me temporary happiness. They might bring me temporary peace. They might bring me temporary, temporary good feelings. But when I go to the Lord, when I search the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, I think, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, another version calls it uh, long-suffering, um, forbearance, or whatever. The, Jesus is the answer. Je- when I go to Jesus and I ask for the fruits of the Spirit— I get joy I get peace those things are long lasting the long lasting fruit that the Lord wants me to produce yeah. he the the loving of my neighbor as I love myself the clothing of the the clothing of the naked the the feeding of the hungry that are hungry that might be buying somebody dinner that not everybody would buy dinner for right yeah those things Those are the long-lasting fruits that Jesus produces in my life.
0: (laughs) And I think the encouragement with this episode is just that, is that as you grow your relationship and as this sanctification evolution takes place, there is going to be resistance, right? When you—we joked about it. uh, I always tell people, live life the right way and deal with the consequences. And based on my experience in life, when you start to stand up for what is right, for what is communicated to you through God, There are going to be people that are naysayers. There's going to be a lack of self-confidence on your part. People are going to look at you sideways. I've done things in my career that people flat just said are ignorant. Like there's no way, if you look at the evolution of my career, leaving one agency to go to another and then leaving law enforcement completely to pursue what God has laid on my heart to use the horse and help restore the warrior community. If you were to put that on paper and balance it against worldly successes, I'm an absolute idiot absolute idiot to give up credibility, to give up income, to give up retirements, to give up investments, all this stuff, because I think God spoke to me. No, I know God spoke to me because he's covered my trail so many times before. We've had those dialogues and we've had those communications and I am living proof that I can give up all those worldly successes and God is still going to cover your tracks. And in fact, he's going to do it with exponential success and at a rate far greater than we can dream. So when you are walking this journey of sanctification, and you start to feel the self-doubt, and you start to feel the lack of confidence, and you start to feel the confusion, and you start to feel the disorientation, understand that you are in a good position. Take it to the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Find comfort in the Lord. And it will be revealed to you. Is it always going to be easy? Absolutely not. Is it always going to be crystal clear? Absolutely not. But if you stay faithful to the process, and you stay true to Him, and you stay rooted in your foundation, it'll all iron out.
1: I, so, yeah, I think my encouragement for this conversation is you and I will agree that nothing I can't save you. Nothing I say can save you. Nothing Jason says can save you. Only God can save you. So John 15, 16, it says, these are letters written in red. So this is Jesus speaking. It says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I Heck appointed yeah. you. To go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. The life that you live here on earth isn't just for you. The life that you are living here on earth is to, Matthew 28, go and make disciples Twenty eight nineteen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Um, They are the the 10 Matthew 10 7, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. So my encouragement is that this life that you live is not just for you. It is to impact others. It is to impact people's lives. And it is to be salt and light of the world. And our actions preach just as loud as our words. What was it earlier? James two seventeen. Faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. So live it. My encouragement is confessing with your mouth and believing in your, in your, in your heart is good enough to get you saved. But that faith is not good enough for the world. Jesus wants more than you can think or imagine for you. And he wants to use you. And you have a purpose, no matter where you're at, no matter if you think you're good enough or not, no matter if you think the dirty things that you've done in your life cannot be forgiven, they can. And he has a purpose for you. Our tests become our testimonies. And they're they're called to be used to glorify the kingdom, to be able to share the gospel message. And the gospel message is that Jesus is enough. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It is a free gift of salvation that he offers to everyone and we didn't choose him he chose us
0: what a gift man what a gift and i'll tell you what as we wrap this episode whether you're a return listener you already know but if you're new to the show jr and i are available if there's any scripture that you want to hash out that was discussed in this episode or in previous episodes do we have all the answers absolutely not do we love digging them up and trying to find them absolutely you can get a hold of jr at jerva on instagram at jerva professional bareback rider on facebook you can get a hold of me through day six ranch social media on instagram and facebook or you can visit day six ranch.com and get a hold of us through the website jr i cannot thank you enough for making time for us and, and breaking open the book again and definitely looking forward to the next one
1: glad to be on man love you all
0: right brother we'll talk to you soon have a good one Thanks again for joining us here on Let Freedom Reign Podcast. If you're looking to grow in the areas of leadership, self-mastery, and discipleship, please visit day6ranch.com to see all we have to offer in the form of free content, podcasts, and material related to building a legacy-worthy lifestyle.